I can tell that some of your New Year's resolutions was to go to church because it looks pretty full today. Good job. You got, check that one off the list. You're doing well. It's the first week. Good job. Welcome to church. Hey, we got some good stuff going on for you guys today. We're starting a new series on prayer. Wasn't that good to just spend a little bit of time in prayer this morning that Trevor led us in the prayer for those things? How many of you guys would say, like, you don't have to say exactly what it was, but of those things on the list right there, you know, we got those ideas and those prayer requests from your actual cards that there's some, some heavy themes going on and people needing some prayer for some ideas, some topics. How many of you guys would say that yours was up there today on that screen? Because I know there are several of mine up there too. I love that, that we're praying for each other, that we're praying church. We're starting this series on prayer here today, which I'm about to jump into. I want to give you guys two quick announcements real quickly. Pastor Rob, last week when he taught, wasn't that a good word about being intentional, about going into 2019 with just like, like reasons why and what you're doing and getting closer to God and, and serving family and, and being more generous. I just, I love that message. But there's a couple things. One of the things that I want to bring your attention to about being intentional about connecting with God is our growth track. For those of you guys that don't know, our desire is that every person in Anchor Church would go through the growth track. Four classes that tell you about God, how to connect with him, find all the gifts and abilities he's given you, how to get involved around here. But the first one happens today at the 11 a.m. service, and it's called Become a Member. And the, the main gist of that message is to find out about what we believe and what we think about God. What is this church all about? What is God all about in my life? What is the testimony of the pastor in the church? And, and it's basically this. We want you to go to growth track so you can decide right away whether you even want to be a part of this church or not. There's a lot of amazing churches around Oahu, really good churches around here. We want you to make sure that you found the one that you can actually call home. In the first growth track class, you're going to see, do I like these guys or do I not want to ever come back here again because they're weird? You know, like, that's okay. We we want you to be able to decide that. But growth track is one way that you can get connected. We really encourage you to take that. Secondly, our connect groups are coming up. We're starting our next semester of connect groups on January, the week of January, I'd have it written down, January 16th. And basically, connect groups are us just doing life with other people, just being real, just learning to be Christians, just being raw, being honest, and getting together and building relationships along the way. There's one thing to come to church, receive a good message, worship a little bit, and go home. There's a whole other thing to come and to know that you got people that know you, that love you. Like, anybody ever watch the old show Cheers? You guys remember that? The theme song was, what, where everybody knows your name, right? And what happened when Norm walked in the door every time? No, everybody knew him, right? We want to be like that, a bar. No, I'm just kidding. We, we want to be a church. Here's my desire for Anchor Church is that you would say, man, Anchor Church is a really big, small church that you would go and there's a lot of people, but you feel like it's small because there's a community of people that know you. That's what our connect groups are all about. We just want you to be known. We want you to know other people. You don't have to do life alone, but we do it together. So that starts up. Just want to remind you, you can go to the information wall. You can go to our website, find out a connect group. If you want to start one, if you're like, I don't really know these people, but here's me and my friend. Can we start our own Absolutely. And if you want to get training on that, really simple, really short, go see Pastor Rob at the Information Center today. He'll just hook you up with, here's a little training on what you do in Connect Group. It's really simple, but it's going to be really good. So get on board with that. We got some Connect Groups out there waiting for you guys. Now, I want to get into the message here today, and this series is on prayer. It's on the importance of prayer, and it's on the importance of us learning how to do it, where to do it, what do we say when we do it, what's our heart supposed to look like, what does it do for us, is it even worth anything? And oftentimes, I think the problem is we know about prayer, we just don't do it, or we don't do it enough, or we don't do it right. And we just have this, there's power in prayer, right? God can do miracles, like Pastor Trevor shared, his dad got saved, throat cancer, fully healed, right? And it brought his family to church. So prayer is powerful. But the problem is sometimes we're just not connected enough to God. Like if we stay connected, God can do things in our life, but we get a weak signal. I titled the series, Can You Hear Me Now? Because you guys all remember the commercial, the Verizon guy, right? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Like there's a big difference between a phone that's getting full reception, full connection, and one that drops out. You ever been on an important call, maybe even an argument, dare I say, and you drive through like Waihole Valley? And you're in the middle of like, well, I just don't feel this way. And all of a sudden your call drops 
and you know what the other person is thinking, right? And as soon as you get to the next clearing and you get signal again, you've got like five texts, two voicemails. How dare you hang up on me, you da 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 You're like, ah! And so the problem is, with us in our lives, like prayers like that, I think we're, we're trying to connect with God and we want the goodness of God in our lives, but sometimes we're just getting weak signal and it's not his fault, it's our fault. We're just not, we're not in prayer enough. And so today I wanna talk about just how we can stay connected, how we can get a better connection. Because here's our theme verse going into the series on prayer. Can you hear me now? Building connection. Here's our theme verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. It says this in the NIV version. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, there's, there's two words in that verse 17. It's just simple. This is the theme for our series. Pray continually. In fact, it says this, it adds this at the end of it. If you want to know God's will for your life. Anybody honestly ever prayed, God, I just want to know your will for my life. Anybody ever prayed that? Like, I pray that all the time. Like, God, I just want to know your will for my life. Well, the Bible tells us right here, you want to know God's will for your life? Part of it is this, pray continually. If you're in a tight connection with God and you're talking to him all the time, chances are that he's going to begin revealing and speaking to you what your next step is supposed to be in your relationship, in your finances, in whatever it is you're dealing with is pray continually. In fact, Hebrews 11.6, it says this. Here's a promise. It says, first, it's impossible to please God without faith. Then anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. And then here's the catch, the promise and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Here's what we're going to do together in the next few weeks. We're going to start our new year fresh by sincerely seeking God. Amen? That was weak. One more time. How many of you guys are with me? We are going to sincerely seek God. Amen. Amen. You know the word amen is such a cool word. You can throw it in at all kinds of circumstances. It basically just means so be it. Let it be done. Yes, I believe in this thing. So you can like, I, sometimes people are like, hey, are you hungry? Let's eat. Amen. Like we didn't even pray. I'm just amening already because I'm hungry. Like amen is just a word that you're just going, yes, I believe it. And so if you want to shout that out from time to time in the service, feel free. It lets me know that you believe in what we're talking about here. But like amen is just this powerful word, but it's saying this. We're saying amen to God. We want to receive your rewards, but we understand that the way we do that is by sincerely seeking you. In other words, here's the phrase that I want to use maybe throughout this whole series, is that prayer works best when we work at prayer. Write that down. Prayer works best when we work at prayer. And I know that you can, you can throw out the like random ones, like, whoa, I almost got hit by a car. <gasps> Thank you, God. Oh, God, protect me. Those are good, good prayers. You should be praying. Pray continually. But when you actually work at it, because the word right here just told us in Hebrews 11 is that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. In other words, we're going to spend some time. We're going to dig deep. We're going to chase after God. We're starting our season that we do annually here at Anchor Church of 21 days of prayer and fasting. That we're going to go into three weeks of us as a church gathered together and we're going to sincerely seek God. We're going to press in. We're going to lean in and go, God, I want all that you have for me. And all of us are going to be praying different topics, different reasons why. I think before you go into prayer and fasting, you should understand, well, why am I even fasting? Why am I praying in the first place? So you want to come up with that, ask yourself that question this week. Wow, God, we're going to start next week, this 21 days of prayer and fasting. What is it? What's my question that I'm, that I'm looking for you to answer in my life? Some of you guys, it may be, You've just got this relationship and it needs reconciliation, needs healing. That's your main focus for 21 days. We're going to go hard and we're going to go deep and we're going to pray. We're going to ask God. For some of you, it might be, man, the holidays just hit. My bank account's wiped out. Taxes are due. God, I need you to provide for me. So I'm going to go deep into pressing into that. For some of us, it's not even that we even need a thing. But in this next season, these next three weeks, we're going to just press in and go, God, I just want to hear you. That's, I don't know, I don't, I don't have a specific request, I don't have anything, I just want to know you the way that I used to know you when I first met you, or God, I'm new to this thing, can you reveal yourself to me in a real way, but we're going to go into this diligently seeking, sincerely seeking him, if you guys take out the card that you probably sat on, it's a little uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting card, it looks like this, we're going to start, listen, next Sunday, Next Sunday, we together as a church, and we're not forcing anybody to do this, but if you want to dig deep with the rest of us, have unity and accountability, next Sunday, we're going to start for three weeks, January 13th, 
to February 2nd. We're going to end on February 2nd because the next day, February 3rd, anybody know what that is? Super Bowl. So we didn't want to deprive you of all your filthy hot dogs and nachos and football food that you eat. So we're allowing you to break the fast. We're going to set it up right before that. And you can break your your fast with all that gross food that you eat during the Super Bowl. Is that a good thing? Doritos, everyone. Yes. But um, we're going to be fasting. And, and what is fasting? Some of you guys are like, I don't know what this is about. A lot of you guys, how many of you guys have done the fast with us before as an anchor church? We've done it. We've seen some dramatic results. Here's a whole idea behind prayer and fasting in the Bible. It's that you could disconnect a little bit from things of the world so that you can connect more to God. That's all fasting is. is and, the, and the focus of fasting, listen, isn't the fasting, it's the prayer. That you can pray without fasting, but you can never fast without praying. It's just a biblical concept. That fasting is only something to help you focus more on God by saying, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to eat this for a little time here. I'm, I'm going I'm to kind of disconnect from this, these needs over here because I, I need God. I'm going to go hard at God this year. So we're starting this coming up next Sunday. There's more information if you go to our website, right on the front page, the banner, it'll be about 21 days of prayer and fasting. Or you can type in myanchor.church slash 21 days. Um, or the information wall might have some info. But here's a couple things about the fasting. And I don't want to get so hung up on the fasting that you lose sight of the prayer. But here's a couple things about fasting is there's different ways that you can fast. And I believe we've, we've, been the most, we've gotten the most people involved in fasting when we've given some options to fasting. Now, here's different types of fasting that's in the Bible. And one of them that's more of like a spiritual discipline, a soul fast, that maybe is a good beginner step to getting into fasting. I've done all of these before. And um, here's what we want you to do. We want you to take this card. We want you to pray on it. We want you to pray on determining, God, what do you want me to lean in to pray for in this next season? And God, what type of fast should I do? And we want you to circle the the fast, write down the details behind it. Maybe here's what I'm praying for, or like here's what I'm going to fast from. And the reason is this. We want you to turn this card into us next week. Not because I'm nosy and I want to know what everybody's not eating and all of that kind of stuff, but because you have accountability. There's something to be said for like you make a decision before God, But if no one knows, and you're like two weeks into the fast, and you're like, ooh, Snickers bar, don't mind if I do, right? No one's going to know. Well, I want you to at least remember that like, oh, man, I turned that card into Pastor Carl. Pastor Carl's watching me. Oh, no. I want you to have a little bit of accountability. And so we're just asking everybody to figure out what type of fast you're going to do. God, here's what I'm praying for. Here's what I need. I'm going to lean into you for God, here's how I'm going to kind of distract, disconnect from the world a little bit. Now, look at there's a complete fast, which basically has to do with you're on fluids only. You're on water, maybe some juice only. I've done that one before. That's a heavy one. But um, I did that last year. God revealed himself. It may be that you do the partial fast. Partial fast is like called the Jewish fast where they did sun up to sundown. That you're just selecting, I'm only going to eat dinner. I'm going to say no. Someone else told me this morning that they only ate until 12 noon every day and that they didn't eat anything up until breakfast the next day. Maybe that's your deal, a partial fast. Maybe you want to do a selective fast, which is like the Daniel fast. And you can find all this information online. If you're like, wait, what did he say about that? No, you can find all the information. We'll give you uh, all the the food in your diet that you can eat, the stuff you can't eat. Super helpful. Just go online. But that's a Daniel fast like Daniel did in the Bible. He said no no choice foods, no rich foods, no sugar, no salt. I'm just going to eat fruits and vegetables and grains and things like that. Um, And then there's the last one, which is kind of, we call it a soul fast, but the term fast really only specifically refers to food. It's just a food thing. We call it a soul fast as a spiritual discipline of fasting, where maybe you're disconnecting from other stuff in the world. Maybe some of you need to go three weeks without social media. You can't even do that. You'll have a heart attack and die. But some of you, you know you need to do that. Maybe we disconnect from screens altogether. And in your free time, you actually pick up the Bible instead of Netflix, right? And you actually like dig into to Jesus a little bit more. Maybe you just disconnect with all music except for worship music. Maybe that's what you need to do. But we're just asking you, join us together. We're going to dig deep. We're going to look at the value of prayer in our lives. We're going to stay connected. And we're going to do this thing together. So take this home. Pray on this. Be accountable. Bring it back next week. Turn it in. And we're going to start together. You guys ready to jump into the topic, though, here today? Talk about prayer? A couple of you are. It's cool. You don't all have to. Prayer. 
Why don't we do prayer? Why don't we pray enough? It's not that we don't believe in it, right? As Christians, we're like, well, we know prayer. We're like, that's common. That's basic. Read your Bible, pray. That's being a Christian. Yeah, the problem is we don't all do it that often, or we don't do it enough, or we don't do it right sometimes. There's reasons why. I get it. I grew up in church and stuff, and sometimes you're like, I, I just don't know what to say. Or maybe it's like, oh, this is boring. Like, people are just talking. Our eyes are closed. I'm getting sleepy. Like, I don't know. There's reasons why we don't pray. And then you got all types of prayer. You've got the people that, that pray, and you're like, man, I don't pray good enough. Because that pr- guy, man, he prays loud. And he prays in, like, King James. And I don't even know how to speak like that. Like, thou art our heavenly father. You know, anybody know the loud prayers in your life? Yeah, yeah, everybody's got one. Like, don't raise your hand if that's you. But, but it's like, rah! You think that God is like, yeah, he's old. He's eternal. But he's not that old. He's not hard of hearing. You don't have to yell at him, right? And then you've got the people that, like, bust out the prayer list that's, like, four pages long. And they just keep going and going and going. You're like, I don't have that much stuff to pray about. And then there's the people that you ever get in prayer where they freeze up. They, don't, they can't think of anything. Maybe that's you. You're like, it gets to you, you're holding hands in a circle or something, you're like, okay, it's your turn, Carl. Uh, God, thank you for today. Uh, right, you just freak out. And then anybody know the, the re- repeater, the repetitive person that's like, oh, Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for today, Lord God, the sun, Lord God, and the moon, Lord God. You're such a good God, Lord God. We thank you, Lord. Anybody? Come on. It's Father God, it's Lord Jesus, it's one of those, right? It's on repeat, and God's like, I know, thanks for knowing my name. You've mentioned it 84 times. Like, it's good. But here's the thing, is that prayer should be something that we read in First Thessalonians, that it's just continuous, that there isn't a special way, that there's, there's a lot of ways that God just wants to hear your heart, and you can talk to him in your normal language, and that prayer should always be our first response and not our last resort. Our problem is we just wait until the big things happen in our life, and God's going, no, I just, I just want to talk to you all the time. I can do good stuff in your life. We should always be praying. Pray over your food, right? Pray every time you eat. Thank you, God, that I have another meal. I pray every time I go jump in the water to go surfing. God, protect me. Give me a good time today. Let me surf to the best of my ability. Let me be a good witness for you out there in the water today. Lord, I, just, I just pray all the time. I pray in the middle of arguments sometimes. Anybody pray in the middle of, like not out loud, like, I hate you, but in Jesus' name, you better stop. Like, not out loud, but inside you're praying. Like, God, give me the words to say. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. God, give me, help me calm the situation down right now. In the middle of staff meetings sometimes here at the church, one of the unique things about working in the church is you can, in the middle of your business meeting, just stop and go to God. I love that. Sometimes we're like, God, we're, just, we're trying to figure this thing out. Should we do this? Should we do this? We just stop. Let's pray. God, what do you want for our church? Lord, give us the wisdom. We've got a bunch of people that love you, and we want what's best for them. Can you show us how to decide on this topic right here? You know that we actually have prayer teams that are constantly praying before all of the services. They walk through the seats. They lay hand on the chairs that you're sitting in. They're praying that you would receive a word here today, that God would speak, that he would calm your your anxiety and your hurt and whatever's going on. He would make sure your baby is at peace and loving, and in Jesus' name, Lord, for the parent's sake, we love the baby. But right? Like, like there's, we have people, we're praying all the time. There's people right now on the prayer team sitting at the back wall praying during service for you right now. And sometimes in the middle of service, I am praying because I'm like, God, don't let me say something stupid. I just said something stupid. God, help me. But we're praying all the time. We're praying continually. So we're going to talk about this prayer thing here today. And this is what's really cool is Jesus actually himself showed us how to pray. He actually gave us a model of how to pray. It's called the Lord's Prayer. Ever heard of it? Anybody? It's pretty popular in the Bible, Lord's Prayer. Yeah, it's a pretty big one. But there's this time in Luke 11. Jesus, as you know, he was walking around. He's got his disciples everywhere he's going. He's ministering, healing the sick, preaching out words of God knowledge. And he had these 12 guys that he kind of like brought over and and said, hey, you guys are in my connect group. Let's do life together for these three years. And these guys were watching him. And it says in Luke 11 that Jesus had gone to a certain place to pray. I'm going to talk more about that in the weeks to follow, about a certain place, having a certain place to pray. Jesus was at his place to pray, and the disciples were watching him. And he just finished. And they said, wow, there's there's something different about the way that Jesus prays than the way that we've been growing up and raised and understood how to pray. And they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. It wasn't they didn't know how to pray, but here's what they were saying. Jesus, teach us how to pray like that. How do we pray like you? Because the way you do it, that's cool. 
Like, we, and it's effective. How do we pray like that? So Jesus gave us this model in Luke 11, but also in Matthew 6, which we're going to read right now, verses 9 to 13. And we're just going to read this prayer together. This is what it says right in Scripture. And I chose the New King James Version because that's how we all remember it from school and growing up, right? Our Father who art in heaven. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, it, this is what Jesus said. In this manner, therefore, pray. So do you know what Jesus is saying? Hey, you want to know how to pray? Why don't you just pray like this? And this is what he says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now here's what I want you guys to get in this. We've grown up thinking that this is something that we should all memorize and we should all say and that this is very holy and it's a good, you know, we got to get it word for word. You got to get it right. Jesus in this passage is not saying here is what to say. He's saying here's how to pray. Okay, there's a big difference that he's giving us a model of, hey, here's how I talk to my father. Let me just let me just show you how. Here's something that I would say kind of goes something like this. He's giving a model. He's giving a heart. He's giving an attitude behind it. He's not saying, memorize this word for word and spout this out, and it's like a magic charm or something that you just say every once in a while. Because if you just learn the memorization of this prayer and just throw it out there, after a while, you know what happens? It just becomes religious, and it becomes something that you've memorized, and it becomes a saying. What Jesus is saying, I'm not telling you to repeat word for word. Let me give you a model and example of how I pray when I'm praying to my father. Does that make sense? Has everybody got that? Because I don't want you thinking like, oh, I have to pray it word for, those words are holy. Yes, they're holy, but he's not saying memorize. He's saying, look what he said even in the beginning of this, in this manner, like this, say something like this. Say something along these lines. And I want to go through this thing because there's about seven things. If you write these things down here today and tomorrow you begin to take this and go, God, I'm just going to pray these seven things. You're going to find like in 10 minutes, you've covered a whole variety of ranges. You're going to open yourself up, strengthen your connection to God. And you're like, for those of you who are like, I don't know what to pray. I'm giving you something right here that's going to be, this is the heart that Jesus wants you to pray every time. Here's the first thing. Look in your notes. Number one, Make it personal. Write that down. It's a blank in your notes. This is when he says, our Father in heaven. This is why the disciples were looking at Jesus and they go, man, that guy prays different. He's different. We've memorized all of the, the Old Testament scrolls and, the, and we know about religiosity and the holiness of God and he's mighty and he's holy. And Jesus, you're over there saying, you're calling him Father? Like we know he's our heavenly Father, but Jews at the time, that's too intimate of a term to actually speak to God. He's holy. He's magnificent. He's reverent. We don't say his name out loud. It's, it's, he's, he's that big God. And Jesus is saying this. No, guys, make it personal. Like, we're not about all that religiosity. He's your father. He's your dad. Just make it personal. If you don't get this one right, guys, listen. If you don't get this part of the Lord's Prayer right in understanding the personal nature between you and God, the rest of it is just going to become very religious. If you don't catch that Jesus is going, here's how I pray, guys. I start by saying, hey, our Father in heaven, that Jesus prayed different, that he wanted relationship with his Father. I found this picture in my phone the other day that showed uh, me and my son playing video games on the couch together. This is when he's about three years old. He's just this little cute curly hair, chubby cheeks, big eyes, like just cruising on the, on the couch with me. We're playing video games. And I just remember that memory. I just thought, man, I love my son. I love that. I remember those times because oftentimes I would be at work in the garage or our study or office or something. And I would be on my computer and I'd be busy and I'd be trying to make a sermon or do whatever and do pastor stuff, right? And in would come this little like three-year-old guy, curly hair. Hey, dad, right? And he's got two video game remotes, right? And he comes in, hey, dad, want to play me video games? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, it just hits my heart. And like, basically, here's the deal. Anything that I was doing doesn't matter anymore because here's my little son and he wants to hang out with me and he wants to play with me. And we just sit down and we play. Because all I want is I want him to want me in that relationship between a father and son. And the other day, I went surfing in the afternoon. My friend came over and, 
And I stopped in Isaac's room and I go, hey, he's big now, right? He's not the cute little kid. He's a big, ugly kid now. Nice, <laughs> handsome boy. But he's like almost 18 years old and he's in his room. I go, hey, man, you want to go? We're going to go surf. Me and Uncle Kiola, we're going to go catch a few waves. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm kind of busy right now. You know what he's doing? Playing video games. Fortnite, right? He's over there like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to do this. All right, man, I just wanted to throw it out to you. So I go and we go down to the beach and we're surfing for like 20 minutes or so. And I turn around. And here comes walking in the water, my son. He decided, no, I'm going to go hang out with my dad. And he drove his own car, and he showed up at the beach. And it wasn't like a loving embrace in the water. Son, I love you. But you know that it meant the world to me that my son said, "Ah, put the video games on hold, didn't bring any of his friends with him. He just showed up to surf with the old man. And here's the heart of God that melts whenever you just come to him like a kid and just like you're that little kid. You're just innocent. You don't know any better. You don't know you're interrupting anything. You might ask a dumb question that you think is dumb. Here's the thing. Your father doesn't think anything you bring to him in in prayer is dumb. There's nothing you could say or do that he hasn't already died on the cross for, and he loves you. And when you enter into prayer time, remember that you're coming to a father, not just a king and a creator of the universe and a big holy person out there. But his favorite term for himself in the Bible is father, is dad. And so that's what we're coming to. Romans 8, 15 says, you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, father. This is a term that means papa. It means daddy. It means he just wants to hang out with you. And when you come to prayer, come with that in mind. Start the day with like, oh, father, hey, I'm here. And I just picture myself as my little son crawling up on the, cro- the couch. You know, want to play video games, dad? Is that's the really, you guys hearing me on that one? Can I get an amen for that one? Like, is, no, like, oh, whatever. It's cool. Well, it's that kind of a morning this morning, but I want you to understand. Here's what Jesus is saying to his disciples. Guys, make it personal. Secondly, he says this, hallowed be your name. What does hallowed mean? Hallowed be your name. It just means holy. It means that his name has power. That mean, it, it's saying this, is that you should use his name when you pray. Number two, use his name. Worship his name. Remember the names that the Bible calls him in scripture, that they're powerful. Because here's the deal. God's name equals his reputation and his identity. And when you come into prayer remembering who he is and his identity, it begins to speak power into your life. Proverbs 18.10 says, God's name is a place of protection. Good people can run there and be safe. His name, remember this, it's the name above all names. When you're going in and you're coming into prayer and you're just going, Jesus, I'm reminded that you are the name above all names. That at, at the name of Jesus, that every, every knee shall bow. That demons have to flee. That there's power, there's authority in his name. That when my kids tell my other kids something like, hey, you got to clean up your room. No, I'm not cleaning up my room. Dad said, oh, okay, I'll clean up my room. Right? There's weight that comes with dad said. There's power in the name. So here's what you do. You remind yourself of some of the names that God has called in scripture. He's called the righteous one. That means when you're like, well, I got a couple decisions to make. I'm not sure which one. This one seems kind of good, and this one looks good. I would say this. God, you're the righteous one, meaning that every decision and everything that you want for my life is always the absolute best and the rightest. So what do you think, oh, righteous one? Come to God and use these in prayer. God, you are righteous, so help me with the things where I have doubt. God, you are my Jehovah Jireh. You're my provider. So again, some of us got hit hard with the holidays. We spent more than we probably should have spent, and the bank account's running a little dry. Taxes are due, and we're like, ah, God, help me. Wait a minute. What's your name again? Provider. Scripture calls you provide. One of God's names is provide. Okay, God, I'm asking that you would provide for me. Maybe it's this. You come to God, and you're angry in prayer. You're just, someone told me this morning, I've been carrying around a lot of resentment this whole past year towards someone. Well, you know what you do? You come to God and you remember the name that he has, Prince of Peace. God, you're my peace. Can you bring peace to my heart right now? I don't want to be angry right now. Can you calm me down? That's your name. Use his name when you pray. His name is Healer. God, there's, there's some, some cancer going on in my family and someone's been diagnosed. But God, I remember that one of your names, you're the great physician. You're the healer. I'm going to come to you with that. Lord, you're my guide into all truth because I don't know what to do right now. Lord, here's my favorite term, and I preach this one a lot lately. Lord, they call you Emmanuel. That's your name. That means God is with us because, God, I'm in the midst of stuff right now. I'm in a mess. 
That's why they call you Messiah. You guys heard that one before? I love that one. So dumb, but I love that one. You are my Messiah. You're in my mess. You're Emmanuel. You're here with me. So when I go to pray, I use that one. God, here's your name. I'm going to use your name. You're Emmanuel. Thank you for being Emmanuel. Thank you for being with me here right now because I need you right now. Isn't that good? Here's the third thing is Jesus said, pray like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The word that's used there twice is your. He's, he's saying, talking about God, and here's what you write in your notes. Seek his plans and his purposes. Seek his plans and his purposes when you pray. Don't come into it with your agenda. Don't come into it with God. Here's what I need you to do, and you need to do this, and you need to stop that person. You need to open up this door. You need to give me more money. We have all these agendas, but really it's seek his agenda. Here's what Luke 12, 31 says. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he'll give you everything you need. Don't come in seeking your needs. Just seek whatever God wants for you, and your needs will be met. James 1, 5, and 6 says, if you need wisdom, then ask our generous God, and he'll give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But here comes the the catch. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Too many of us have this faith in God and, right? Meaning that I have faith in you, God, and what I read yesterday and that really cool article that really said I should become a better person about myself. And, And so I have faith in God and this. I have faith in God and what all my friends are saying I should do. They offer some really good advice. Oh, God, I want to have faith in, in you, God, and this latest thing that I saw on the internet over here because YouTube is so amazing. God, it's so good, right? It's not a God and belief system. It's a God alone. Look what it says. Be sure that your faith is in God alone. Here's the word that I bring into prayer with me when I'm praying. Is I have to remember this attitude, this posture. It's what Jesus had. Surrender, right? Surrender. When you come into prayer, Remember to surrender. It's not your agenda. It's his, sur- it's his agenda. So you got to surrender to his agenda. <laughs> Write that down. That's a good one right there. Surrender to God's agenda. That's good, right? But that's the attitude that Jesus is saying is his plans, his purposes. What's God's agenda? His agenda is really simple. Jesus summarized it in two sayings in the Bible. He said, love God and love others. He says the whole Bible, everything, Old Testament, New Testament, everything comes down to that. You come into prayer and you're going, God, it's not what I want for my life, all of this. What do you want? God's going, love me. Keep me the focus. It's my plans. It's my ways. And here's the thing. And love other people. So this is the part of the prayer where I pray for other people. God's agenda is other people. It says, your, your will be done on earth. God, whatever's going on in heaven, your thoughts, your plans, I want that. I'm going to pray that 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 would happen on earth around me. So here's where I start praying for other people. I start praying for my friends. I start praying for my family. I start praying for the nation. I start praying for my city, my community. I start praying for all the people that go to Anchor Church, that God would come through on their prayer requests. He would bless them. He would be with them. He'd grow them stronger and closer to him. I start praying others focus because that's God's agenda for me. It's not just what I want. It's love God and love other people. I pray for the president right? Because God knows he needs prayer. Amen? Come on. It was the loudest amen I heard all day right there was that one, right? And I don't care how you feel about him. I don't care how you feel about your public officials and your government and all of this stuff. Here's the answer. Pray for him, right? You're not going to do anything by complaining about him and what they're doing wrong, but if you pray that God gets involved in the situation, he could turn something wrong into something very right. Amen? So we pray others because that's God's agenda. Here's the fourth thing. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Write this in your notes. Tell him you need him. When Jesus is saying, give us this day our daily bread, you know what he's praying is, Lord, I depend on you for everything. And a lot of commentators want to say, when he was talking about bread, it was a metaphor for spiritual strengthening and sustenance of the heavenly kind. The reality is, Jesus was literally just talking about bread, like toast, like wonder bread. You know, he's like literally just saying food. He goes, hey, thank God. Here's, here's the point. Thank God for providing you with the little stuff too. Don't be a Christian that only waits for like, oh, my car blew up and I'm getting a divorce. And that's good. You should go to God to prayer in the big stuff. But Jesus is going, depend on God for the little stuff. God likes to know that you depend on him for the little things. Sometimes people ask me, "Uh, Pastor Carl, is it okay to pray for myself or I'm only supposed to pray for other people? I'm like, No, pray for yourself. Pray for every little thing. He's a loving heavenly father. He cares about every little thing in your life. So you thank him when you eat 
Lord, thank you for another meal you provided for me. That's awesome. He goes, thank you for giving me credit for that, Carl. There's nothing too small in your life that I'm not a part of. Anybody ever lose their keys? Who loses your keys on the daily? Anybody? I know you're in there. I know you're here. I know you probably had to catch a ride today because you lost your keys, right? Like, we lose our keys. Did you know that it's perfectly okay and God loves it when you pray to find your keys, when you lose them? You know you messed up. You did it. It's a dumb, small thing. And God goes, I like that you're dependent on me for losing your keys, for small things like that. He's saying, bring the little stuff, the food. How many of you guys have ever prayed for a parking spot? Come on, that's totally okay. And here's what you find. God provides, yeah? It's miraculous. Sometimes I'm like, well, I got the, literally, I stop on it and I just thank God. I'm like, I got right next to the cart return, the front one, closest to the door. And I'm just like, yeah, and I wish people could see me pulling into that spot because I'm like, this is the absolute best spot in the whole parking lot. Does anybody realize I just pulled in here? And I prayed, and my God provided. Can anybody high-five me? No one's interested. But I'm that excited about it because God is that excited about all the small stuff in your life. And Jesus is going, hey, be, t- be dependent on God for every little thing. Pray for those little things. Pray when I go surfing. God, give me good waves. Like the, the other day, my friend goes, hey, how's this? I prayed that in his living depends on catching fish. He sells it, right? He's a fisherman. He goes, uh, check this out, Pastor Carl. I prayed to catch a marlin, and guess what happened? I was like, what? I caught a marlin. I'm like, what? Yeah, you caught a marlin? He goes, yeah, but it was the smallest marlin I've ever seen. It's like only 40 pounds. He goes, but I learned something. Now I got to pray a little bit more specifically. Got to pray for a big marlin next time. Absolutely. But here's the deal. God cares about all the little stuff. So here's what Jesus is saying. Hey, hey, pray for the little stuff like your food that happens every single day. Psalm 121 says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now, he's not really talking about mountains. When this was written, what it was talking about is the mountain, the hills was the high place in the land, which was where the government was. It's kind of like Capitol Hill. And basically what he's saying is, do you depend on the government and the higher forces that be in the laws of the land, Capitol Hill? No, I pray for my God. I'm blessed by him because he provides every little thing in my life. He wants to help And he really likes it when we ask. There's nothing too small to pray about. It's basically saying this. God, I just want you to know everything that I have, it comes from you. It comes through you. You're the Lord of it. And I just want to thank you. Thank you for the little stuff. Can I pray for something small? Yes, you can pray for something small. Here's the next thing Jesus says. He says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And what he's saying right here, literally, is he's saying, get your heart right with God and with others. He's talking about two things here. He goes, when you pray, make sure part of your prayer is always this. Forgive me for the stuff that's going on in my life and help me, God, to forgive other people. Because remember, we learned this in the forgiveness series. Forgiven people forgive people. That we go to prayer, and part of our daily prayer is this. God, search my heart and show me if there's anything that's offensive in there. Show me if there's anything going on in my life, my thoughts, my heart, that might be screwing up the connection, the clear signal that I have with you right now because I only want to pray continually. I want your best in my life. But if there's anything in my life that's, that's screwing me up and, and clogging the, the pipeline there, Lord, can you show me that? Can you forgive me of that? Help me confess that, because I want to be done with that. I want to be over, over with it. Too many of us, sometimes we get into trouble. We get into that place where we've done something, we've sinned against God, but we don't know how to go to him because we're so ashamed. Oh, man, God's not going to forgive me this time. And what happens is we walk around in shame. And we like know we're just terrible people and we're, we're insecure and we're just embarrassed and we're so ashamed and we don't want to give it to God because we're ashamed. And don't you understand that God is already up there going, I already died on the cross for that. Carl, what, let go of that. Stop carrying the shame and the guilt and bitterness and the hurt around with you. Like all you got to do is come to me and ask forgiveness and you'll see I've already forgiven that stuff. So part of our prayer that Jesus is saying is, let's get our hearts clean. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all wickedness. Remember what Jesus offers? He offers conviction, not condemnation. Condemnation is you're wrong, you're bad, you're a sinner, I hate you. You're condemned. Conviction is simply going, hey, you got off track? Let me just refocus you, put you back on track. Let me just realign you, get you back on the right place. That's good. I just want and pray for the Holy Spirit to forgive you. But second to that, he's praying this, forgive us as we forgive our debtors. In other words, he's saying, help me forgive others. And sometimes I'll just pray this one ahead of time. 
because I know that someone's going to make me mad today and I'm just praying for it ahead. God, forgive me because somebody's going to screw up in my life today and I need to, to be forgiving of them. You know, the other day I was thinking about this. This morning in, in, on the way to church, I got cut off in traffic and I get like easily right there. I'm like, oh God, forgive me because I get riled up. Anybody else in traffic, you get mad? A few of you guys, yeah, you, yeah I, I don't know why. I'm working on that one all the time. But literally, I remember this story uh, a couple months ago I was on my way to church. I was like in a row of cars, like in the left lane and gonna turn left up soon. There's nobody behind me. This car comes flying up behind me, beside me, and he has to pull in one more car, right? He couldn't wait behind where there's like wide open, empty, just wait one more. Like cars like, and then he's like just trying to get in. I'm trying to like not let him in. And finally gets in and I'm like, oh, so I'm like on his tail the rest of the way, right? And we start turning and everything. I'm like, is this guy purposely trying to block me out? Because he's going the same places I'm going. I'm like, oh, thanks a lot, God. I get behind this. And I'm just angry. And I'm on their tail the whole way. Turn on Kaikili, turn left, turn right up Anchor Church driveway. Oh, I pull back a little bit. And I'm going up the hill, and I'm just like, forgive me, God, forgive me, God, forgive me, God. And it was so weird because, like, they went one way, and I parked in the back where I normally park, and it's pretty much like, I don't know who was more embarrassed, right? Like, that guy for cutting me off or me for riding his tail, and I'm just like, God, forgive me. I, don't, I hope they don't know who I am. I hope I don't know who they are. I'm just going to go with it, God, right? And I just show up, and I preach. I don't know who it was. If it was you, sorry. But you got to tell me sorry, too. Nah, just kidding. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Jesus is going, make time when you pray to ask God to forgive you because you know you need it, but also that you would have a heart that is quick to forgive. Forgiven people forgive people. Amen? There it is right there. Here's the next thing that Jesus says in this prayer. Is this good for you guys? Is this helping you out? Remember, this isn't just some, I need to memorize this prayer. There's a heart behind this. Jesus is trying to give us a model to pray. The next thing he says is, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, it's not clearly saying that God is leading us into temptation. We know there's other verses that say God does not tempt people. But what it really says in the actual Greek translation is, do not allow us to be led into, into temptation. In other words, God protect us from that enemy out there that's always trying to get us to sin and to walk away from you. And for this one I wrote in your notes, do some spiritual warfare. Do some spiritual warfare. We don't want to talk about that. That's weird. Don't talk. Don't get all mystical and spiritual on me now, Pastor Carl. Sorry, but the Bible talks about that. The Bible actually says that everything we do is spiritual. That we may think, no, it's just physical. That's just normal. The Bible says that everything that goes on in life has an element of spiritual weight involved with it. Look what it says in Ephesians 6, 12. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. But listen to this. It gets, it gets deep. But against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against the mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. How many of you guys just heard Gandalf in that right there? That's, that's the Lord of the Rings stuff right there, isn't that? Like, you shall not pass. But this is the Bible. This is awesome because we're like, I don't want to talk about all that mystical, like spiritual. The Bible's saying, sorry, can't get away from it. Every one of us in here, we're spiritual beings with physical bodies for a little while. Not the opposite. We're not physical and then maybe some spirit. Every one of us is eternal. There's a spiritual world that we live in. Now, when Jesus is saying this, hey, make part of your prayer that you do some spiritual warfare. Don't lead us into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. We have a real enemy out there. The Bible speaks of it. We can't get around it. It would be nice if there was no devil, if we didn't have to talk about this. But the word of God teaches us there's a real enemy out there. His name is Satan, Lucifer. He's a fallen angel. His sole purpose in life is to pull you away from God. Steal, kill, and destroy. All he wants is to get you away from God because that's where all the good stuff happens in life. And he is dead set against that. So when we go to prayer, there should be a part and an element of our prayer life that says, God, Protect me from the enemy. Lord, armor of God, Ephesians 6. I want to be, be guarded. I want to be on my game. And Lord, I rebuke the enemy. He's trying to come after my thoughts or my, my addictions or my temptation. Lord, I stand against him in your power and authority. Not my own, but in your power and in your authority. It's saying, don't let me get tempted into sin. Now, sin, guys, and the temptations, it isn't always the stuff that you think. Because the enemy, man, he's, he's crafty. He's got crazy strategies, and he, he's called in Scripture the great deceiver. So he's not going to come at you with the horns and the tail and the pitchfork. He's going to come at you in the stuff that's subtle, like he's going to creep in. 
And you're going to take second looks at things that you shouldn't be looking at. And you're going to get tempted by things that you thought you were stronger for, and now it's coming at you. And it might not be just addictions and things like that. It might be stuff like insecurity, despair, doubt. Because you know why that's sin? It's because we're putting our trust in ourselves, and we're saying, I'm not good enough. Therefore, I have insecurity, fear, doubt, and despair. And what the enemy is doing is taking your eyes off of faith in God, putting it in you, and now you're walking away from God because you think you're weak and you can't do anything. And the enemy is subtle, he's sly. So we make part of our prayer some spiritual warfare that we throw hands in Jesus' name, amen? Like we get down like, no, I'm not taking it. I rebuke you right now, Satan, leave me alone. Beat it, you're out of my life. You can send you and all of your spiritual forces to the foot of the cross to be dealt with by Jesus. But God, protect me. Let's do some spiritual warfare and pray against it, amen? Like you gotta make that a part of your life. And then here's the, here's the last one, is that Jesus ends with this, the seventh thing. He says, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever, Amen. Before he ends his prayer, he's just reminded of this. Write this down in number seven. Remember that God is bigger. Before you say amen, before you hang up the phone with God, before you go off and run into your thing, just remind yourself that God and his power is bigger than you and your problems. That you would just just turn that upside down and say, hey, God, I just want to let you know you got this, and I believe that. I believe you're the man. You're bigger than my problem. This is why praise and worship music is so important. When we sing it out or when we listen to it. We come to church. The part of the service where we're singing, we're not just singing. There's power attached to it. Do you understand that? Like when you enter and sing, I don't care if you came in late. I don't care if you got there early. You enter into that because it's doing something strong and powerful in your life. It's declaring that God is bigger than your circumstances. That your circumstances look like this and God looks like he's down here. But when you begin to praise, you know what happens? Circumstances get small and your God gets bigger. And that you're just like, God, before I say amen to this prayer, I'm going to remind myself that you got this, that you're sovereign, you're in control, you're bigger than me. And so I'm going to praise. Praise music is so important, guys. Get it in your life. Come to church, sing it. Get some Christian music on your Pandora, on your CDs, on whatever. But get it going, like Hillsong, Elevation Music, Dave Crowder, Lauren Daigle. Is that her name? Bagel, Daigle? I don't know. Any. There's a bunch of really good Christian music out there. And maybe part of your fasting is maybe you just fast from the music of the world and just get into some spiritual music because praise declares that my God is bigger. When you're doing chores and you got the AirPods in, come on, who got the AirPods for Christmas? Those things are amazing. Apple AirPods, right? It's pretty awesome, right? Everybody else has got the, the strings attached, the cords, and you're just like, what? Yeah, I can go anywhere. No big deal. I'm like, hold on, I'm on a call right now. Like, you don't even know because they just got them in the ear. AirPods are amazing. Go check them out. There's my brief uh, shout out for Apple really quickly. But here's the thing. Worship music. It changes you. Remind yourself when you pray, when you praise, God is bigger. Amen? Amen? Here's this verse, Jeremiah 32, 17. It says, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and your powerful arm. Then this phrase, nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too hard for you. My God is bigger. He's stronger. He's faster. He's smarter. He's better. And he's by my side. You know what? My God, he's bigger than the gossip that's being talked about me right now. My God, he's bigger than the relationship problems that I'm having right now. My God, he's bigger than that word cancer in my life. My God is bigger. And the loss and the hurt that I'm feeling because I lost a loved one, you know what? My God is bigger and he's better than that. And I got this. So God, before I go here, before I say amen, I just want to remind myself that you are bigger. Isn't that a good model of prayer that Jesus gave us right there, those seven things? It's from the heart. It's real. Like, thank you, Jesus. That's so good. But prayer works best when we work at prayer. Next week, get ready, guys. Join us. Figure out what you're going to do to fast. Bring this in. Turn it in. We're going deep for God this year, and we're going to use this prayer as we pray. Is that a good word today, guys? Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. God, we're praying right now. We believe in prayer. We know that we're talking to you right now. Lord, that we're not just doing something repetitive and righteous and holy and legalistic and religious, but we're actually talking to our Father, the one that loves us, the one that created us, the one that wants the very best plans for our life, the one that sent his own son, Jesus, to come down to pay that price. Lord, we also know you're the one that gives us that Holy Spirit that's actually in us and working through us every single day. So God, as we enter into prayer right now, we ask that you would teach us how to pray. Show us 
that this prayer that you gave us is just a model for the right heart and attitude and some topics that we can pray about, Lord, so that we, we're, we're staying connected. Lord, we don't wanna lose connection. Lord, we wanna always have strong signal. We wanna pray continually. And I pray right now, I just wanna lead, maybe lead some people in prayer. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, we're all praying here out of respect. But maybe you came in here today and you're, you're kind of feeling like you don't have a good connection with God. Maybe you've never made a connection with God before. Maybe someone invited you to church before or you don't even know how you got here or why you got here today, but you're here and you know that God's got a good plan for your life. And whatever it's something I said, maybe God spoke to you, but you feel like you get it. You understand that God wants to connect with you. He wants you to connect with him and that life will actually get better. In fact, your eternity will actually get better. And if you're maybe in the room right now, you've never said a prayer to become a Christian before. Like you don't know right now whether if you, got, if you died right now that you would go to heaven, but you wanna know that, then I wanna lead you in a prayer. A prayer that will let you know and reassure you that God loves you. He's got your back. He's got good things planned for your life. He died to forgive you. And if you would like to make that the prayer of your heart right now, I wanna lead you in that prayer. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you wanna pray this prayer with me, I'm gonna pray it out loud. I'm gonna ask you to pray it quietly in your heart with me. But if you'd like to pray this, can you just let me know that we're praying here together right now by doing one simple thing? Just raise your hand right now. Can you just raise your hand and say, yep, pastor, I wanna pray this prayer. I wanna follow God. Can I see those hands right now? Good, I see some hands going up around the room. I saw about three over here on this side. Anybody else? I see someone over there. I see someone over here, someone over on this side. Praise God, I see you. If you're over in the back there, I got you. Maybe if you're in the, the kid's room or in the outside, somebody sees you out there, but just know that God sees the hand that you're putting up right now. Go ahead and put it down right now. We're just gonna pray together. I'm gonna pray it out loud. You just make this the prayer of your heart. Here we go. God, bottom line, I need you. I want you. Like I, I'm beginning to understand who you are in my life, Lord, and, and I want that in my life. Lord, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin, that he rose again on the third day, proving that he was the son of God and he has power over death and, and my sin and my guilt and my shame and my wrongdoing and my mistakes. So God, I'm telling you right now, I believe in that and I receive your free gift of salvation. And Lord, I believe that from here on out, I'm a new creation, that you're gonna begin a new work in me and that you forgive me, you don't condemn me, you don't judge me, but you actually lift me up and you're here to fix my life and help me get better. So God, I'm holding on to you from here on out. Thank you for being my God this moment forward as I learn more about you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Can we just praise God together with those people? Amen. Amen.